everyone. So everybody, welcome and thank you for listening. I'm really excited to have this guest. Ryan, it's very nice to meet you. Um, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, awesome. I, I'm really excited. First ever podcast. Um, really excited uh-huh. to talk about the things that I'm doing uh, and also sports or anything that really the conversation takes us to. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited. So Ryan, I actually want to know, I'm curious, because um, you had mentioned to me just a few moments ago that you've been following me on TikTok for a while. Do you remember when that started? Oh, shoot. I was one of your like, it was, I believe it might've been before your business started or before you adver- started advertising your business on Instagram and TikTok. Um, I, 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 I know it was probably, I'm not sure, man. It's been a while and I've seen your videos for a while on TikTok. I know okay. that for sure. That's interesting. So I'm curious now because you say before I started my business, um, I had actually started my first business before I even got on TikTok. I got on TikTok in April of 2019, I believe, or right. not April, that summer of 2019. So I've been on TikTok for, I guess, over a year now. And uh, I didn't even really start posting consistently until a couple months ago. And I mean, if you've been following me for that period of time, you've just seen a crazy right. amount. I think so. it, from what I know, I believe it was, because uh, I remember you put your business out there, you put your Instagram out there. Uh, you put asked for people to put their Instagrams in your comments on one of your videos. I did that. That was about a month ago. And I started following maybe like three, four months before that, I believe. Wow. Because I remember I saw one of your sports videos and I was interested and you have good content. So I, I followed you. So yeah, good deal. Well, I appreciate it. And so uh, with all your hand gestures and everything, right, I noticed you have a band on one of your hands. So I'm just curious to see how, I mean, I don't even know how old you are. I am 25 years old. I just turned 25 last month. I've mm-hmm. been married since 2016. Uh, so this coming October will be five years marriage. Yeah. Um, my wife is my, thank you. My wife is currently pregnant with our second child, oh. our first son, and I have a two year old daughter. Awesome. Yeah. I bet they're going to grow up and be phenomenal athletes. I know you, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. That's awesome. So tell me more about your family and what you got going on right now. Cool. So I'm currently in the United States Army. Um, I'm on my first enlistment. Um, I got about like a year and a half left on my first enlistment, just a little over that. Um, but uh, in my time in the Army, this is my first duty station too. I've been here this whole time. Um, I'm at Fort Irwin, California. So in Southern California in the Mojave Desert, uh, just outside Barso. Um, in that meantime, uh, my wife has supported me through, I basically started the beginnings of a bat making business as you can see i have my personal fungos and a couple of models of baseball bats right there the c271 and the m110 or oh the i13 model my bad um i also make bat mugs as you can see right here um i do a lot of wood turning just to kind of um stay busy Uh, i also coach football and baseball um and being it i'm kind of it was really it's a really desolate area out here, so it's given me a lot of time to really um, uh, think about uh, or, or watch film um, in regards to, like, baseball and football. Specifically football, it's, it's given me a lot of time to understand de- how offense and defenses work, how different things can work, how things that haven't been tried, could they possibly work, and experimenting that way. Um, so I've learned a lot about um, uh, schemes and just the general, general athletics um, and, and the coaching and the uh, analytical and statistical side of things. And it's been really um, 
a huge growing process. I've definitely learned a lot about myself just understanding football, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, that is um, pretty neat. I come from a similar athletic background. I grew up playing sports, and that's a pretty sweet cup, by the way. I didn't even know what that was. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah, I mean, I grew up playing football. It was my favorite sport. I played basketball, baseball from about – you know, toddler till junior high. So, um, you know, as you can tell by a lot of my content, it's something I'm passionate about. You can see me working some Spurs gear right here. Um, You know, so, yeah, I mean, pretty similar backgrounds as far as just interests in athletics and whatnot. And I know I was telling you, you know, right when we got started that we could just kind of see where the conversation would take us and something I'm just thinking of right now is when I do these podcasts, I try and think about how much value I can bring to you and how much value I can bring to people listening. So with your interest in sports and with your interest in maybe like, you know, growing businesses, maybe even content creation, I'm open to taking any questions that you may have where, you know, I can share something with you that I know about growing a business, about growing on social media and that kind of thing. And um, not only would it be beneficial for you, but to people listening too. So if there's anything that I can help you with. So one of my big questions that I've had for myself um, is, is, um, is making content. Cause I do have a TikTok for my bat making uh, for my bat business. I just have an Etsy. I don't have an LLC yet or anything like that. Can you Um, tell me the username of your TikTok? It's uh, Echo Bravo Bats on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. It made it really simple. Okay. And uh, yeah, yeah. follow all those. Cool. Cool. Um, I felt like, and I watched, um, I I watched a lot of different bat makers and they generally get a lot of views, a lot of comments, a lot of reactions and interactions with their content. But I feel like that I've made similar content. Mm -hmm. I've done similar things, raw videos of bat turning, uh, the finish process, how to make a bat, how to make a bat mug. Um, and, and I seem to, there must be something that I'm missing because I'm not getting the same kind of interactions they are. Okay. So I'm curious to know, how do I do that? What do I need to do? I don't necessarily have a lot of content to post because generally speaking, the only times that I can post is, um, is when someone buys something. And right now that's like about maybe once or twice a month. Okay. Um, and so I tend to make a few videos here and there while I'm making the one product um so that way i actually have a couple more things to post with that but i've always wondered what what can i add what is one small thing or what am i missing okay. in order to i can tell you what on. you're missing right off the bat as i scroll through your profile here and i noticed that you've only got 12 videos and i know that there may be some there's kind of a barrier that you got to overcome when it comes to you making more videos and you know you can only make videos when somebody buys and that's not necessarily true like making videos per customer is a very good idea and it's something like you can definitely implement into your system is going to be very effective for you but the fact of the matter is you've got to be posting more like whenever i started growing um on tiktok i was posting anywhere between like seven and ten times a day and that was just anything like anything niche specific like honestly what you could do is you can go in and you can post the same exact video that you've already posted again, and that's going to double your content. The thing about this app that you got to understand is the organic reach on TikTok is insane. There is no other app you can post to where you can have zero followers 
and get 100,000 views. So with that being said, you need to be posting a lot and consistently because you never know when one of those videos is going to pop off. And when it does, you're going to keep doing it more and more. You're going to keep getting those views and those followers. It's only going to grow from there. So that's first and foremost what you need to do. So maybe we can talk about some strategy, like what exactly you can be posting. Is that something that you're struggling with? Yeah, I it just... I'm not necessarily a very creative person. Now, when I have hands-on in making a bat, my mind starts to flow. Like, I have, I, I have bats and fungos that I've never seen before, different color combos and different um, things I can do with vinyl stickers and also bat grips. When now, that's where my mind flows. But when it's making digital creations and digital content, that's where I get a writer's block. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And that's honestly, that's a pretty common issue for a lot of people, right? We've got these people who are just extremely talented and creative at a certain business. And it's just struggling with the content side of things. You know, obviously it can be pretty tough, but that's what I'm trying to help get people to recognize is in this day and age, you know, you can see the opportunity that's on TikTok and that's why you're on it. First and foremost, you've got to learn how to be a creator of content for your product and your business and if you can't then you need to find somebody who can and really just get those videos out there by the way i um wanted to get that that out there but that was your daughter right that was my daughter yeah she Uh just opened the door just i i I had to i at least had to say hi to her and pick her up but yeah yeah Yeah, i completely agree and that's something that i thought of too um a lot is trying to figure out uh, what to post and I never really thought of posting the same thing before because um, I've always felt like that was kind of I don't like to be repetitive in that way mm-hmm. and so if that I mean that it makes sense the way that you explain it it makes a lot of sense so I should yeah I'll definitely start doing that I do appreciate that a lot yeah um yeah again too like it's I'm really in the beginning stage and I'm really stretching it out because I do have a really good salary right now it's one of those side hobbies that I make just a little bit of money out of. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely a goal of mine in the long term, 10, 15, maybe 20 year future to actually start and build it and get a bona fide shop, get a, uh, like a brick and mortar store going, which would okay. be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I know another thing I need to do is actually make a bona fide web, like a legit website, not just an Etsy, Etsy okay. site. So. so here's what my question is. This is one of the things I should have asked. First, what exactly is this bat making business? Is it just like you take custom orders? Um, yeah, so it's um, I mean, it, it's a, right now a strictly custom order. Um, I can't, it's basically just organic reach. Me talking to another person. Um, I've actually sold nothing on Etsy. It's all been talking to people and showing them pictures, or it's all been one-on-one sales like that. Um, so basically, I get exactly what they want and how they want the bat to look and the models that they want. And, um, and then I make it to the way that they want. I'm continually talking with the person. Um, I have their phone and email. So that way, if I, um, if anything goes wrong, I could tell them, Hey, this happened. It might take a little bit longer here. So that way, and I've noticed people are very much more receptive to that. Obviously people are going to be much more receptive to communication rather than just being left in the dark. Mm -hmm. Um, another thing too is, um, like, um, like I said, just uh, different colors, whatnot. I mean, I've made some very simple fungos because the guy he he wanted uh, something that was just a red and a charcoal gray, uh, a matte finish all the way across. That's perfect. That's easy for me. I've had other people that wanted um some very 
uh, I had to order a $50 can of spray paint for this guy once because wow. um, that's the color that he wanted. And I'm willing to do that. Um, so it, it's all very like, that's the nice thing about that's the cool thing about baseball bats and fungos is people don't realize how much art can actually go into this piece of wood. Um, there's so much that you can do. You can stain the wood, you can paint the wood, uh, gloss finishes with lacquer or a clear coat matte finish. Um, uh, different types of knobs. The models of it too are really finicky. Like baseball bats are almost frustrating for me to make just because you make one mistake off the taper, the neck and the handle, and it's a completely different model and it weighs completely different. And the feel of the bat is completely different. Um, but that's what I love about making bats and, and, and taking these ideas from people and putting it into this cylindrical piece of wood, spinning it really fast and out comes this beautiful project or product. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely understand a little bit more about the way the business functions and everything about that. And uh, honestly, this is the point where you just got to decide what it is that you want to do. Like if you're trying to do $10,000 a month in these bat sales in three months, uh, you know, we got to start kind of being realistic and there's ways to get there. There's ways to do that. Yeah. Obviously it's going to take some spending up front. Like, um, heck, even what I would do is I would recommend going to like Instagram pages that are MLB or baseball themed and say, look, uh, set up an ad for me. I'll pay you. Uh, maybe you get four or five orders from that ad and you spent a hundred bucks. I'm sure the return on that is going to be pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a, that would be definite profit. If I spent a hundred dollars and I got four orders out of that, that would be a pretty good profit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even beyond that, you've got four bats that you're making. That's four new customers. That's four new stories. You can tell those are four right. new bat creations that you can post, make videos about. And then, like right. I said, you just keep funneling and funneling because once you have the content and you can start posting consistently, obviously the more views are going to be there. But like I said, it just comes down to the race that you want to run and at what pace right. you go with. Um, so that's where being self-aware is incredibly, right. incredibly important. Yeah. Right now my race is, I really want to take a tortoise approach to this just because like I said, I have a pretty good salary. I have other things to deal with a family and yeah. another job that is obviously much more important right now. Um, but in the meantime, it gives me the opportunity to talk to people like you to really study what people are doing in regards to content creation, the kind of bats that people are making, which um, I learned actually a lot from a company called Jawbats. Um, I learned about matte finishes and gloss finishes and, and different kind of paint schemes and whatnot. And, um, and that's what's actually uh, this. Uh, I made this Boise State themed fungo. Okay. Um, and the cool thing about this is I just took a, 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 like a laundry bag and I placed it over the orange and I sprayed a white to give it a white camo color. That's and then um and then i faded the blue into the orange together um and then this is just a matte finish all the way across that's why it's not too shiny okay. but um and then i i just found a really cool blue and orange bat grip tape that's like a miami vice type uh type theme um and it really comes together really well yeah that is a pretty sweet piece i tell you what i grew up um and really started taking college football seriously when i was probably eight or nine years old so i can tell you right. back in that time is when boise state was getting a lot of hype that was when oh, Kellen Moore played quarterback over there and dude that uh, was that was such a 
like I get chills <laughs> thinking about it because it was just as a, a diehard Boise State fan that was so much fun uh, watching that Chris Peterson era, that Kellen Moore era, that senior class that went 15 and three, which is still the all-time record, or Kellen Moore holds that all-time record for most wins as a quarterback, and that's probably not going to be beat for a really long time. Yeah. Um, it, it like just the, the offense that they ran and the defense that they ran, how disciplined they were, were just some whack and Mountain West team. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, interesting theory I have about that too, because that 2010 season was really critical. That was Cam Newton's Heisman year. Kellen Moore finished fourth in the Heisman voting. Um, uh, shoot. Yeah, TCU um, was, I believe they won the Rose Bowl that year. So that, that was a huge year for Boise State and TCU and, and for college football. That was like, and especially going into the turn of the decade to a new decade, it was, it was huge. Um, also, the Michael James, uh, Anthony Thomas at, at Oregon. Oh, the, the Oregon team was incredible, too. Um, interestingly enough, so Boise State lost to Nevada that year. The field goal was good. I will die on that hill. Like, that, they, that field goal was also triangulated. The rules for goalposts were changed because of that game. Um, it, it, it's, that game changed college football history, which is wild. So Boise State, had they won that game, they would have remained at number three, right? I believe they moved down to, like, number eight or number nine. Alabama was beating Auburn in the Iron Bowl. And Alabama was ranked number nine, I believe, eight or nine. And, um, and Auburn was ranked number one. And if, uh, if Alabama had went through and beat Auburn, Boise State had beaten Nevada, it would have been Boise, likely been Boise State versus um, Oregon in the national championship. And Boise State probably would have won that game. Would have, could have, should have. Fun to think about. Yeah. That a non-AQ school – would have beat, would have won the national championship, but would have been. Nuts. I digress. Yeah, it would have been nuts. I would have, I would have liked to see it. I mean, right. I personally didn't have a good experience as a fan that year after Colt McCoy. I'm a Longhorns fan. Um, Colt McCoy went down in the right. national championship the year before right. and left us with Garrett right. Gilbert, and that was rough. And it has yeah. been rough ever since then. That. <laughs> I, Cole McCoy was a great quarterback too. He, uh, I believe, it was um, um, Kellen Moore. I believe, yeah, he beat Cole McCoy's record for most wins as a starting quarterback. Yes, and right. um, and yeah, what's wild too is obviously Cole McCoy still in the league, so he that Texas definitely had a gem. But it's kind of sad seeing the seeing the down the downtrend. And Boise State has been on that same plane too. Um, I'm very critical of Brian Harson, and I honestly think Auburn made a horrible mistake in hiring Brian Harson. They could have gone, um, gone anyone far better uh, for less money than they spent on Brian Harson. Um, if I mean, if you ever watch the film of Boise State, um, it, it's undisciplined. It is um, there's no preparation, um, and I've heard some like rumor mill stuff of people that know people in the program that are saying like, yeah, Brian Harson won. He was, there were some race problems apparently in the program Wow, and that's unconfirmed. So just take it worth a grain of salt for what it's worth. Right. But this allegedly, um, also like he was, he had a horrible temper. He had a horrible ego. Um, if he didn't like you as a player, he would make it known that he didn't like you and your life would have been very, very hard. And I know of there are multiple players like um, Reed Harrison Ducros who transferred to Duquesne. Um, he had some problems with Harson. Uh, Alexander Madison, who plays for the the Vikings now, had some problems with Harson too, where they were playing against San Diego State, 
and there was a player with a club cast and in the bottom like the uh the um you know the dog piles were not he would basically take his class and he'd slam his hands in the ground he went to his running back coach. he said do something about it. he said just go out there and play yeah and like just stuff like that um and I remember this past season, Boise only played seven games, but, like, they pulled the coward move of opting out of a bowl game against, I believe, Army. I believe they were slated to go up against – or were going to. I believe that Army came out and said that. I'm not sure. Um, but they pulled the coward move. They were not just going to – we're just not going to play. I remember watching them, like, the guy – the uh, off, offensive, like, I believe it was wide receiver, run down the sideline, and Boise State players would kind of just sidestep him and just watch him go by, expecting him to go out of bounds. And seeing some of the former players like Aaron Tevis, Hunter White, some of those OG Boise State players, um, both of which were linebackers. Like if Pete Kukowski, who I believe is the uh, – um, he's the – I believe he's the defensive coordinator at Tech in Big 12. Now, I know he was with Coach Pete up at, uh, up at Washington. Um, or, or also um, Marcel Yates, uh, he was at Boise State. Um, and some of those old Boise State defensive coordinators, if that happened under them, like – they were running decks the whole day. They that old Boise State team compared to now is is apples and oranges. It's absolutely just disgusting and sad to see such a great program uh, just go down the wayside. That yeah, and you know, like I said, just being a college football fan and really getting into the game at around the time where Boise State was becoming a prominent team. Um, right. You know, it's just hard to not be a fan of Boise State at that time, especially, I mean, how can you hate a team who's not in the Power Five, who's winning a bunch of games, they have a cool stadium, they got cool uniform, they got one of the best quarterbacks college football has ever seen. But, yeah, I mean, that is – it's never a good thing, and both of us can agree when your team Mm -hmm. is at the top. And then just to continue downward trend – from that point. I mean, I'd love to see Texas come back too because that's a storied program. Yeah. When Texas is good, college football is great. Yeah. And, and um, and it, it sucks because like, oh, who's the head coach? I forgot his. I see. We it. just hired Steve Sarkeesian from Alabama. Oh my! Oh, that's right. We that's got right. Uh, Pete Kwiatkowski as our defensive coordinator. Now, right. So yeah. Right. So I guarantee Texas's defense is going to be one of the best in the country. I, I, I can guarantee you that because he was you impressive think, at Washington. Are you are What's you that? saying yes? I've that is something that I definitely know too. Like how great those defenses right. were over there. But um, I guess what I'm curious to know is: Do you think he can do that with this current roster that we have, or do you think it needs time to develop and get some more, you know, recruits? Yeah, I mean, Coach Pete brought Pete Kukowski to Washington. And what was it? Two years later, they were in the college football playoff. Mm. Like, yeah, it, and he he brought Boise State's defense to top ten multiple years in a row. Um, he is he is one of the smartest defensive minds in college football, without a doubt. I, I guarantee you, like Texas's defense is going to be fun to watch. Oh, um, yeah. he, I believe it. it uh, old Boise State. Too. Oh yeah, the um, old Boise State ran the four three. Uh, they ran like a four three, and also doing a little bit of a of cover three and the four three whatnot. But it was main, mainly uh, cover two four three, and it was a heavy blitzing team. Um, great defensive co- or defensive back coverage. Um, 
he had he ran some great hidden schemes. Uh, just think of like what Todd Bowles did with uh with uh the Bucks against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's similar to what um to what uh, uh Kwiatkowski does, as far as I know, because uh Andy Reid's offense is a is a West Coast uh, timing offense, which requires a cover too, because you got to cover underneath, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was watching the Bucks defense. I was like, why are they running the cover three? Because it looked like they had. One corner, they started one cornerback deep playing one safety and also, or playing their cornerbacks deep, one safety, and then they snuck a safety on the inside um, right after he snapped the ball. And so it was throwing off the whole West Coast offense because they went, they started at a cover three and then they went into a cover two, or they had cover three blitz packages or cover two mm-hmm. blitz packages. So it's, um, it's kind of similar uh, that what Pete Kukowski did. I mean, shoot. Um, TCU when Boy State TCU went against each other in the Fiesta Bowl in 2009, or the uh, the 2010 Fiesta Bowl that 2009 season, um, a lot of the analysts were saying, "Yeah, TCU is going to win this game because you know you have Andy Dalton, uh, you had yeah. Jerry Hughes on the defensive line, and like Boise State was running safety blitzes, they were running cornerback blitzes. Kyle Wilson even got a sack, a blindside sack on Andy Dalton." Um, and Boise State ended up winning that game 14-10. Um, I believe it was uh, Winston Venable, who's now the running backs coach at Boise State, had the game-winning interception um, on Andy Dalton on that final drive. Wow. So, and I believe that was I believe that was Pete Kukowski's defense, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, yeah, I'm not um, honestly not too familiar with Pete Kukowski before Washington, but I do agree Texas should be exciting to watch uh, the next oh, yeah. few years and. You know, wishing the best for, for Boise State, too, now, of course. Um, so, I do want to talk a little bit more um, about, you know, this content thing, just because right. it's like you've got so much knowledge for sports and for schemes. And obviously, you know, with this um, this baseball bat business you got going. And if there's anything that I can stress to you, if there's only one thing you take away from me, um, after this podcast, let it be this. If you want to create a successful business or brand going into the future, first and foremost, you're going to have to prioritize making photo and video for your business. Right. And the knowledge suits you. Um, your knowledge is extensive of, you know, not only just schemes and the way the games work, but, you know, across the country, college football and statistics and, you know, that kind of thing. So you can very well do exactly what I did when I grew my page. Like I was just making these random videos, um, you know, about whatever. Cause you know, I like college football, you know, Tim Tebow, Colt McCoy, I was posting videos about those guys. And um, one day I woke up, and I had a million views on a video I made about AJ McCarron. Um, I can tell that, I mean, you're more knowledgeable about college football than I am. Um, There's absolutely no way that you can't make the same videos I make. And you know what I'm saying? So what I would actually like, you're actually giving me ideas because I see your videos and what's that from stopping me from doing on that? that on my bat page something similar but with baseball instead exactly exactly right. yeah like that's giving me good ideas i mm-hmm. do that that makes a lot of sense i'm glad um i'm very glad because i mean yeah i don't know how much you know about baseball but i was a i mean baseball was my favorite sport until right. about junior high i was a, actually a yankees fan 
And, um, you know, I remember the Derek Jeter days, the A-Rod days, Robinson Cano, Curtis Graham. Oh, I'm a Mariners fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That, what was it? It was the 2001 ALCS. That was the last time the Mariners made the playoffs. And who did the Mariners lose to? New York Yankees. Um, I did the the Yanks won the World Series that year, didn't they? I believe it was the Yankees. The Yankees? Yeah. I think it was in a one. I'm not sure. I that might that would make sense. That would make sense. I know uh two thousand I believe I believe two thousand two was the start of was the moneyball year. I remember that with the A's because the A's were chasing the Mariners and they beat the Mariners out for the um for the AL West Division Championship. Um, which knocked the Mariners out of the playoffs. Interestingly enough, they didn't win the wild card, mm. um, even though they won over ninety games. Okay, so the Yankees won in two thousand. Sure. In two thousand one, the Yankees lost to the Diamondbacks. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense because um, yeah, Randy Johnson left the Mariners and then he went to the uh, to the Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. Oh, the big unit. Yeah. When he was – dude, that 95 year, that 1995 year with uh, – or the side of 95 where King Griffith Jr. saved baseball mm. in, in Seattle. Yeah, like, Granny Johnson did the same thing that what, like, Chris Sale and, and Berlander did in the playoffs, like, put me in. And yeah. he came in at, in relief on, like, two days rest, and he dominated. Oh, man. Oh, old yeah, marriage baseball. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah well, sure. I'm glad that – well. Um, I'm glad that maybe you can find a little bit of inspiration for making more videos. And if at any time you're lacking inspiration, like not, not even inspiration, but like you just don't know what to post. Right. Go through my page and literally copy a video that I made, like literally post the same exact one, like make it your own, do the exact same video and, you know, do some, uh, obviously for your baseball bat business, like you're going to want baseball related content. Right. Um, but like I would make videos like quarterbacks who never got a shot. Right. And right. Tebow, Cole McCoy, oh, Kevin Moore, you can do yeah. MLB guys. You can literally pull right. up YouTube, grab your phone, record a video off of YouTube on TikTok, and post it as a highlight. Right. Yeah. I was thinking like, I mean, do like comparison videos or whatnot and ask questions and allow people to interact in the comments, which getting comments then increases your views, which then increases views to my Etsy link. Yeah, that's perfect. That, that makes a lot of sense. Like for sure. I'll definitely be, yeah, I'd love to talk more offline about this for sure. I, cool. uh, um, yeah, like, yeah, I, right now I've got one, a video planned. I'll post it today. Um, basically just doing, um, I, I, I made a bat mug for a guy. I just, it's on the lay. I'm doing a clear, I'm doing the, all the finished stuff on it, but um, he had me stain it. And so like, it's uh, um, seeing another video where another bat company doing staining a bat and, um, and like, he got like 50,000 likes on it on TikTok. So um, yeah, I, I'll definitely get that going today. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll think of some other stuff and write some stuff down that I can do. Yeah, for sure. Last thing, last thing I want you to take away is if you can just make at least 
one post a day on TikTok. It doesn't matter. Right. It, it doesn't have to be a video about making bats, just something about baseball. Just one a day. And actually what you should really be going for is at least three to five a day. And that's right. something, a place you're going to get to eventually. But for now, at least every single day, just so it reemphasizes how important it is to post content in this day and age to grow a successful business. Um, just want to stress how important that is and yeah. how effective it can be to getting customers, sales, and attention. For sure. I have a, another idea. I had I already did it. I need to capitalize on keeping going. Uh, it's kind of a joke uh, series that I started with my bat making page called Will It Turn? And I just take random items, food items, and I put them on my lathe. I did sweet potatoes, <laughs> and I did um, – I, I was going to do a pumpkin, but we'll get, those got thrown away. Um, but yeah, I need to keep doing that. Like put a pineapple on there or a watermelon. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, I mean, that'd be awesome. Like I would yeah. watch that, you know, like I, if, if I saw that on my for you, page, I don't even pay attention to baseball anymore, really, but right. I would definitely stop and scroll and watch that. Another thing that you just remind, or I'm looking at your bats right now in the background. I don't know which of those you would ever like, take outside and actually hit fungo with but maybe oh. you wanted to create like um a couple extra pieces this one yeah. i took this from the cage yeah like go make videos of you swinging at a tee like look i made this bat and i hit with my own bat that's a good point that's a good point yeah this one uh i don't like too much i don't like this model too much though just to talk about it a little bit it's the c271 model uh, it's one of Louisville Slugger's most popular, but it's a very balanced bat. As you can see, it's a cupped and um, very nice slender. It's like a 2.4, 3, 2.44 inches on the barrel, like built like a wedge. But I've noticed that the ball kept hitting here. I don't like that contact point. I like more something out here. And so that's where like my I-1-3, and this is another thing too, I could talk about different models of bats and make different models, right? However, the I-13 and then an M110, which is, this is my one that I bought. Um, uh, it's a much thick, uh, it's a thick boy bat. Um, and uh, definitely uh, uh, for power hitters and stuff like that. But but yeah, definitely stuff I can talk about for sure. For sure. I mean, if you can position yourself as the bat expert and give people value about certain bats, pros and cons, right. um, and then every now and then just sprinkle in, hey, by the way, I'm doing three custom bats this week. Um, yeah. Hit me up. Or, hey. Yeah, I'm going to do a – I get a post about it, but I'm going to do a giveaway at 1,000 followers. I only have 17 right now for obvious reasons. But once I have 17 followers or 1,000 followers, I'm going to do a giveaway, uh, a full custom bat. Um, um, and it, and uh, just kind of depends on the person and whatnot uh, with in, in at the circumstances of the time, if I do actually a pro grade wood or if I do just a regular standard grade wood. But, um, but yeah, at a thousand followers, um, I'll do a, a, a giveaway of either a, um, a custom bat or a custom fungo, whatever the person wants. Um, and yeah. Dude. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's a really good idea. I know that'll gain a yeah. lot of traction and uh, that's really awesome. I'm right. glad you've got like, a really good foundational understanding of this and it's really good that you're playing the long game in this anyway right. you got so much time i mean it being 25 yeah capability of in even five years of being just a bat 
expert personality right. on the internet. And it's, yeah, I'm it really definitely, um, it, it gives me a lot of time to learn. That's the thing. I'm still learning so much about making bats. I have the general shape down. I have the idea and I know how to make the models and, and the manipulate the wood and whatnot, but it's just like, little bits here and little bits there and learning how to get really picky and finicky while the bat is on the lathe and knowing by looking at it and saying, okay, I know it weighs this much and I know exactly where it needs to be taken off. So I got to do some, I have some already stuff planned um, to get some experiments down to figure out like how much per distance per um, like how much width do I have to take off per distance, which I'm going to take care of later or whatnot, uh, to really get an idea of, of how much the wood weighs when I actually put on the wave and spin it. Good deal. Yeah. yeah. Well, Ryan, I tell you what, I do have to get out of here at 5.45. But okay. I do want to say um, I'm looking forward to connecting with you more. Uh, I hope we can do a couple more podcasts in the future whenever you're down. For Just sure. hit me up and we can do this again. But keep in contact with me. Um, shoot me any kind of DM or, you know, text me, email me, whatever. If you have any kind of questions, you need help with anything, um, feel free to let me know and I'll do what I can for you. Um, but thank you again for being a guest. I thought today was a really great show and I'm excited to keep building something with, um, just excited to keep building this, man. So thanks. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah, I'd like to get some of this uh, too, so I can put it on my uh, my bat page. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll email it to you probably tomorrow morning. I'm not sure what time I'll Perfect. be back, but that sounds like a deal, brother. Awesome. Perfect. Cool. Sounds good. All right, uh, I'm gonna stop recording.